The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hey ho, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. We got a great show for you guys today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, before we get started, I think I got to make us a little lighter, right? Yeah, and you have to <laughs> put the cameras towards me more. He does this every single, no, the other way. Every week we go through this. Okay, so. It's still not good. You want, what, brighter? I mean. That's good. That's good. Now. That's how it looks over here. I mean, anyway, what's up, everybody? Hello, hello. We got a fun show for you today. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, that's what we look like for everybody over there. So we look fine. Right. Okay. And the little hairy beast is Astro. That's right. <clears throat> we got a fun show for you guys today. Before we get started, let me introduce my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Ron Russell, and say every, I hope everybody had a happy Valentine's Day. I am suffering terribly from desert. Uh, it's called desert. Uh, I forgot what it's called. We have fine sand. We live in the desert, so, I mean, you have sand. But the fine sand now is blowing all over. We have winds. My house, Jimmy left the back patio door open. My whole dining room looked like a, the beach at Jones Beach in New York, sand. The dining room table, fill of sand. I had a clean sand, imagine. Not dust, but dusting sand. Anyway, my poor daughter Leslie is suffering from it also. Her eyes blew up. She has no voice. So I pardon my voice today. <clears throat> it's called Desert Voice. People in Las Vegas, like Barbara Streisand, those performers never went out. They would go in an airplane into a limo, and then directly to the hotel, they couldn't breathe the air because they weren't able to sing. So this is what it is. And it affects your sinuses. Like somebody says to me, do you do coke? I said, get the out of here, coke, you asshole. No, I have sinus problems, and the desert sand goes in my nose. Anyway, I really am not happy living in the desert. And I really think that within a year or so, we will be living in the Hamptons on Long Island. I'm really needing the air of the ocean and the beauty of Long Island and my hometown. And I'm going to be 83 years old. And if I croak, I'd like to die in my own city, not in a strange place like Palm Springs that I don't know. So that's my little morning bullshit. Anyway, Astro, Astro, say hello to everybody, love. That's my love. That's my little boy, my seven-pound little rescue. He's Poodle and Terrier. 
We want to say hi to the people joining us in the chat room. And that's just thank, little too. Thank you, Cindy Lady Lake, for putting out all kinds of uh, promos for the show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don Hinton is back with us in the chat room. We want to give a shout out to B. Claudia, who is like extremely uh, unwell, ill today. She's not. Oh, well. what's wrong with so you? She's not in the chat room. I don't know if she's going to make it, but we want to send out our love because B, we love B. Feel better. Oh, wait, she just showed up. Good evening from my bed. To be honest, not able to post or do much. Laying on my back. Feel oh, better, Ron. B, just Happy showtime to you, Jimmy, and dear all. Have a great evening. So we B, love you, B. B, lay on your back. It, it does wonders for mo many women. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing like a, like a dirty joke? <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> no, like lots of women. <clears throat> I know women that made a fortune of money laying on their backs. There you go. Yes. So be lay on your back and get well, honey bun. And happy Valentine's Day. And thank you for the lovely, lovely Valentine's thing you sent me on my Facebook. Absolutely. You're a sweetheart. Feel good, honey. So we have two fun guests, you guys, coming on today. We have um, both of them uh, work in film. Uh, one of them's the first guest name. When we bring him on, his name is Ron Thompson. He's a lot of fun. He's been in some really fun things and some kind of like revolutionary type films in the past. And then we have actor and stuntman and stunt coordinator, Brad Lurie coming on, who was Michael Myers in, uh, uh, Michael Myers in Halloween. One of the Halloween ones. Isn't that funny? I forgot which one. Um, but anyway, Halloween resurrection, he was Michael Myers in Halloween resurrection, but he's been in like tons, Tron child's play, Beverly Hills, Chihuahua, the final, the final storm, smoking aces. He's been in a million great movies. He's got a couple of hundred credits. So, I think it's going to be a lot of so fun. So we've got some interesting And he's people. been on the show back in the day uh, uh, for a movie, Mr. Hush, which we're going to show the trailer for later. And Mr. Hush um, actually is the film by the director. So you remember when we were in Pennsylvania and we were in that little town we were thinking about moving to? And we were at a diner and that guy was oh, sitting yeah. there and he says, are you Jimmy Starr? And oh, I yeah. said, yeah, that guy, it's his movie. So oh, Brad Lurie stars in that movie, and yeah. you know who else is in it? Edward X. Young. Oh, I love Ed. Ed is a dear and Churchill's dear. in it, and Stephen Jeffries. They've all been on yeah. our show, everybody uh, Ed from is it. a dear friend of mine. That town is where Wendy lives. Yeah, I forgot. Mil uh, Mil 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 Milford. Milford. Milford, Milford, Pennsylvania. Milford, Pennsylvania. And Wendy Stewart has a house up there. She's invited us up to stay there. And I said, in the summer. Uh, not in the winter, because upstate New York in the winter is like Alaska. You could drop dead from the cold. You got to like love it. So Wendy Stewart, by the way, has a wonderful show, uh, If These Walls Could Talk. So you should watch that show also. Absolutely. So then we have um, a few few commercially things to do real quick. We want to thank everybody for tuning in every week. You can hear and us. And hope that you all had a great Valentine's Day. Jimmy and I did. We stayed at home. We ate in. And we just snuggled and watched A Blind again, Marcel Walsh's film starring Sarah French. And I enjoy that film so much because it's quite a film. I always get a Fellini feeling from it. I love the way Marcel made the camera go and the phases in. And this is a great film. Watch it and you'll agree with me. Uh, so we watched it again and we liked it. I actually liked it better. Well, because in the you saw more. Yeah, you know? and at home you can concentrate better. We were in the theater, and people were talking and looking and waving at us while the film was on, you know, so you're not concentrating. But seeing it at home on the big, big screen that we have, we have a whole wall of movie. It's better than a movie theater. And Sarah was wonderful. Absolutely. You know, so she, she played it really well. 
Uh, I was happy with everything in that film. So real quick, you guys, you can thank everybody for tuning in, first of all, live with us on W4CY, our home station, with our fabulous uh, engineer, Juan Garcia. You can hear and, us on- And the head of our, our studio- Dean. Dean. Dave Piper. Dean Piper, who has a show called, uh, what is it called again? Pipe something? The Adventures of Pipe Man. <laughs> the Adventures of Pipe Man. And he's as outrageous as I am, and he's as out front as I am. So, and he tells it like it is. I mean, Dean doesn't play. We are very similar. We are two honest guys that we don't lie or tell stories. We tell it like it is, or we keep our mouths shut. Very Brooklyn. Meanwhile, my daughter Deirdre went to New York for the weekend to spend time with her cousin Billy. And they went to Brooklyn. And my daughter said to me, Daddy, you cannot believe Red Hook, where you were born, and Brooklyn Heights, where we lived. She said it's one of the most elegant places to live on the East Coast, that Brooklyn Heights is all yuppies, beautifully dressed people, gorgeous restaurants. So Brooklyn now has become quite the place to live. I would love to live in Brooklyn again. This way people wouldn't say to me, oh, you have a Brooklyn accent because we all sound the same. <laughs> but who could afford it? I mean, you know, we're looking in the Hamptons and everything is one mil plus. But Brooklyn is like two mil plus. I mean, how the hell are they getting these numbers in old tenements that they converted? You know, they regentrified them and made them very modern. But there's still little rooms, railroad rooms or whatever. Crappy, crappy living. And they're getting a million ten, a million five, a million, whatever these numbers are. Two million, are. three million. So I don't even care. But I think it's time that something happens with real estate and it really becomes normal again. My daughter Deirdre is moving back to New York and she was looking at rents there and she said, Daddy, an ugly, no window studio apartment is going for $2,000. If you want a one bedroom, you're going to spend twenty five to 3000 And if you want a two bedroom, you're going to spend from three to 6000 I mean, are we out of our minds? Have we gone totally insane? $6,000 a month rent? Come on. That's what people are Something needs to be done. We need to change our government. We need to change our thinking. We need to become different people because what we're doing now ain't working, baby. It just ain't working. Eggs, $10 a dozen. Gasoline, $7 almost here in California. What are we, crazy? I mean, you got to rob a bank today to survive. Anyway. Want to rob a bank? No. <laughs> So, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. You didn't let me finish. You cut yeah. me off. So, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. What we're going to do is take a quick music break, you guys. We're going to play uh, Get Fresh as She Be Like, and then we're going to come back with our first amazing guest, Ron Thompson. So, take it away, Juan. Here's Get Fresh She Be Like. If you drink, I'm Up in club living room. Now I'm trying to get her up in my living room. Oh, I'm trying to get really. They call a cab, tell them pickers up at wet Willis. Oh, we ride through the 
devastated. She doing tricks for me like she were from Magic City. Say she from the A, but she from Carol City. Lying cause I be in VIP at Club Miami. We be popping all the models, looking like a million bucks. Pulling up in all the trucks, now she begging me to cut. Saying that she ready, all on me in the club. And just a minute of it, it may not wanna be the hood. Like, bomb, 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 first round. Like, bomb, 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 second round. Like, B, 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 third round. Like, ding, 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 it's going down. That's uh, Get Fresh, you guys. That was the first band that they used to be called Deep Side, and then they changed something else, and then they became three, and they became Get Fresh. And as a clothing designer, that was the first famous band I ever uh, actually like dressed as a clothing designer, so I like love them. They're from South Florida. They're not even around anymore. They don't even perform. I just like their music, and I like to play it and keep it alive. Um, so anyway, now we're going to bring on our first guest and see how we do. His name is Ron Thompson, and uh, let's bring him on in, Juan. Hey! Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> all right, we can hear you. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. I'm happy to have you, and I'm happy we worked out our technical difficulties because oh. it looks like we got you on. Yay! Yes, yes. yes. I don't know nothing about uh, birthing a computer, you know? <laughs> yes. Well, I, first of all, I didn't know, which we'll talk about it in a minute, but let me introduce you to everybody. First, this is my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Ron Russell. This is Wait a Ron. That's isn't not Tony it, Curtis? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, isn't it a fact that everybody... Yeah. It, 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 really, it really is. The first time I saw your picture on Facebook, I everybody said... Everybody tells me that. Yeah, you know what? I, I knew Tony. Curtis. I knew Tony. And 
Yeah, and I said, he Tony, must have hated you. <laughs> no, he was, in, he, was, he was in a wheelchair. He wasn't feeling well. And I said to him, you know, Tony, a lot of people saw you look alike. He said, no, we don't. He was better looking. So that was Tony. Kirk. But Ron, don't you agree that people named Ron are wonderful people? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, those Ron people are just it's, it's amazing, isn't it? And look at you. You have a head of hair like mine. <laughs> yeah, don't, people, don't, don't they envy you all the baldies? They say, I wish we had your hair. I guess, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I grew it for a, for a film. I all the baldy guys, they he said, said he grew it for a film that he did. Oh, you don't wear it that long or often? No, and and I'm not in love with it, but people seem to like it, and I think it kind of sets me apart from a lot of people. So I'm going to keep it for a while. See, see how I do. In yeah. my younger years, my hippie days, I had shoulder length hair, and everybody oh, yeah. said they all said you look like Jennifer Jones. <laughs> so I cut my hair short. <laughs> I look like I was in drag. It's true. I was in a gas station one time, and the guy said to me, fill her up, ma'am. I said, no, it's not, ma'am. Because you saw this, you know, I had a big bush. I mean, it was like finger wave. My sister hated me. My sister said, why were you born with the long, five, false, the long eyelashes, the beautiful legs, and that gorgeous curly hair? Because she had not beautiful legs and short lashes and straight hair. I said, I don't know. I guess I was the chosen one. What can I tell you? <laughs> right? Like you. You're chosen. Look at your yeah. hair. Yeah. So now I know your age. We're, we're compadres. Yeah. We're, 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 we're the same age. I just turned 82. Well, I am going to be 83 in two months. And we're still working. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to tell everybody out there. That being 82 is what? It's all right, you know? Yeah. And, and, you, and you don't have to be in a nursing home shitting and peeing in your no. pants. No, I'm, I'm dealing with some, some, some health deals, but uh, I'm fighting it. You know, I have, to, I have to use a cane now, you know, but uh, I'm better than I was a year ago. Why do you have to wear, use a cane? I have a... a uh, neuropathy yeah yeah and uh it just came on overnight overnight that's how it comes yeah and uh uh a year ago i mean i could barely walk but now i'm i'm, I'm a lot better and uh, i'm gonna be better there's and, medication uh, for that you know yeah yeah I, I, doesn't work well no and uh i have my energy level was really low, and the medication they gave makes you drowsy. So fuck that, man. You know. Are you a type two diabetic? No. Because no. Uh, diet has a lot to do with neuropathy. Yeah, it, I know. It, 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 yeah, it I have bone on bone in my knees. Ah which has caused some neuropathy. So I have a little difficulty getting up from a chair, if it's yeah, a low yeah. chair, because my knees are rubbing bone on bone. But now they have a one shot, I understand, a gel that really is terrific. And I'm going to get in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have it put in my knees. Maybe you want to look into that. Yeah, my, my main problem actually is my knees. My main problem. 
Me too. <laughs> and Jimmy also. I mean, niece doesn't mean. And I'm a little bit younger. Yeah, niece does not mean you're old. But I would suggest to you to ask your doctor to give you that knee, that one shot of gel in the knees can't hurt. What's it called? The fuck do I know? My doctor. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a stupid actor. I'm a stupid actor. I go in the office. I say, hey, you, give me that shit you put in my knee to make me feel better. They love me. They love me in that office. I crack them all up. I do. I tell them that. So hang on. Wait, my, doc, my doctor's Asian. So I said to him, oh, I suspect you're part Chinese or something. He said, no, I'm Filipino. I said, oh, well, you could be Chinese maybe. You know, whatever you like. You look like a Chinaman. So we have that wonderful report of humor. And I said to him, I said, shoot some of that shit in my knees to make me walk. It definitely has helped. It has helped. But hang on, because I, I don't want to talk oh, about it. Oh, wait, I want to go back show. to the one shot. The one shot, please, Ron, try it. It's supposed to be, like, miraculous. Yeah, well, if you if you ever find out what the name of it is, let me know. No, just go to your doctor. Tell your doctor you want the one-time shot. See, I took three shots. Every okay. three weeks you had to go for a shot. Now they have one of this super gel. It's probably we're gonna like, find out what it is because yeah, we go in March. It's probably like crazy glue or something like that. <laughs> or silly, silly putty. Maybe it's silly putty. <laughs> so hang on. So Ron, first of all, we have a chat room that's filling up with people. They're all saying, "Where do we know him from?" And we, he looks very familiar. So say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, and most most of you know me when I was much younger. <laughs> <laughs> They know all of us from when we were younger. <laughs> you know, the same thing with me. Jimmy and I was somewhere. I forgot. Oh, we were at the Motor Vehicle Bureau. I'm trying to renew my license. I keep failing because I don't know the, the stupid test they give you. A, they give you a written test. What the fuck do I know what the alcohol level is to drive or these crazy things they ask you? Anyway, the woman there said, I know you. I know your face. She said, but I know you with dark hair. And I said, oh, you do? She said, yeah, I've seen movies or you're on television. So they remember me with dark hair. I'm sure when you had dark hair, they would remember you. Do you, right. have, a picture, you have a picture of you with dark hair? <laughs> not, it's you got to have a picture hanging on the wall. At the moment, but, no, yeah. not at the moment. That's okay. Hold on. So wait. So I, because because originally, okay, so you guys, Ron, I've been, we've been kind of friends on Facebook for a long time, and I knew he yeah. was an actor, but one of the reasons why I wanted to bring him on, and we'll talk about all the stuff he's been in and a whole bunch of things, but he was in a revolutionary, I don't know what you call animated film. I guess, I don't know if they called it animated back then. It was called American Pop, you guys. And it's the story of four generations of a Russian immigrant family of musicians whose career paralleled the history of American popular music in the 20th century. And he plays both the lead characters, Tony and Pete. And it's not like animation where they just made a cartoon, but so, I don't know what it's called. But it's some kind of animation where they actually like use your your face kind of like as the animation. It's called rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. And yeah, we we shot the whole movie on a soundstage, costumes and a very very minimal set, very minimal. And we we shot that whole movie. It was shot in black and white, and then edited. And then after it was edited that movie, then each frame of the picture, there's 24 frames per second. That's a lot in a second. 24 frames per second was blown up into a photograph. Back, this is back when we had actual animators, not computers. And the animator took that photograph and traced the actor 
and then they drew the background in because we had no background really right. and um and colored it and so what you're seeing in the movie is not just the actor's voice but an exact tracing of the actor's performance and uh, as uh, jimmy said i played two characters one character is tony uh is the lead character he comes in in the middle of the film and to the end and uh and then he has an illegitimate son named pete who becomes the rock star and i played that also and uh it was a revolutionary film though with the soundtrack uh, the biggest stars of the time i mean this was a huge step what year is was this now well uh, it came out in 81 we made it in 79 it took two years to actually make it but uh it came out in 81 and it's a brilliant movie it's can that be seen? could it be seen uh, anywhere can yeah. it be seen anywhere yes, now yes it can be seen on the web everywhere uh, all, on Netflix and all those things. Yeah, occasionally on Netflix. It's different. YouTube, different, YouTube, different YouTube, YouTube, crack, yeah. crackle, all these yeah, different things. Want, I want to look in on it. I want. Now I'm oh, curious. It's I a want, brilliant movie. Yeah, I want to look at it. And it was a big bomb when it came out. Really? Got, yeah, because of the way it was promoted. Uh, it uh, Columbia did it, and we had. A lot of music in the movie, more music than you can afford to have today, because they got they got all this music for a dollar three eighty and change back then. Wow. Uh, but uh, you know, we had Jimmy. Uh, uh, well, I'm old. Uh, Jimi Hendrix. Yes, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. Right. Yeah, Bob Dylan, Jefferson Airplane, The Doors, George Gershwin, Herbie Hancock, Lou Reed. Oh. Lou Prima, the Mamas and the Papas. Everybody, and it's from a cult day. film. Now it's like a cult famous film. Yeah. yeah, and so when the movie came out, Columbia promoted all the music, but the movie is a story of four gener a very serious, powerful story of four generations. Well, it opened up at the Cinerama Dome. You know Hollywood. People were lined up for opening night on Franklin Avenue. Wow. That's yeah. far. That was how far. And, and if you don't live in Hollywood, Franklin Avenue is a long, it's a long, it's, it's a good walk, a long walk. <laughs> yeah. And they were, but they were all kids who thought they were going to be seeing like an MTV video and they go in and they see this movie that they have to concentrate on. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they didn't think it at all. The people that, that wanted to see, that would have loved it, stayed away in gross because they just thought it was a bunch of noise. And it, and it didn't happen until the movie started being shown on, at that time, Cinemax started showing it all the time. Then it finally, it took them, took them about 10 years to, to get the right, all the music rights to make uh, the DVDs and release it. And then people actually saw it that liked it. <laughs> 1998. And, so from, and it then it became a cult classic. It, it, came out, it, it came out in 1998. So from 1981 yeah. to 1998, that's what, 18 years. It sounds uh, like very bad PR. 
Because if yeah. you don't have good PR on a film, your film is going to go. No, I, mean, I know shitty films that were horrible, junk, trash, garbage, disgusting. But the PR was so wonderful that everybody right. ran to see it. Like that hideous yeah. film that you keep talking about. What is that movie you keep talking about? Oh, Terrifier 2. Terrifier 2. A piece of junk. And the publicity was so wonderful that it became the number one horror movie of the century. Can yeah. you believe that? And if you see the film, it's I've seen 20 films far better than that. 20, one. like almost everything. So hang on. Here's what we're going to do, though. I, so I, 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 may, get off. I may watch your film tonight. I don't want to get okay. off the are topic we, of Are we it? in tonight? No, I, I don't. Yes. We're in tonight. I'm going to watch that film. I want to like, well, here's what I want to do, because I have the trailer. I pulled it off of YouTube, and our our uh, our uh, engineer is going to play it for us. So, Ron, what I want you to do is just uh, say, Open. hey, here's the trailer for American Pop, and then Juan will play it, and we'll come back and talk. You'll just hang on there, and we'll come back and talk. I'll let everybody see the quick trailer. Okay. The trailer for The Great American Pop, starring me. <laughs> Ron Thomas. <laughs> Thompson, Thompson. Thompson. Not Thomas, Thompson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Take it away, Juan. Take it away. Salmi should have been a star. The kid's a genius. But there were complications. Benny could have been famous, but life got in the way. Well, it ain't no use to send wonder why, babe. Tony had a brush with success. You the one who writes the songs? Don't you know I'm nothing without you? But had to let it go. I want you to play one of my songs. So it was up to Pete to grab it, hold it, and make himself heard. Working on a night move Trying to make some front page driving news Working on a night move One family Some music I love Four generations This is work This is play In love with the sound of American pop. Ralph Bakshi, the creator of Fritz the Cat and Lord of the Rings, now takes modern animation a quantum leap forward with a motion picture of incredible beauty and remarkable power. Dance to it, drive to it, sing with it, or swing with it. If you can crank it up, plug it in, or switch it on. If it assaults your senses, rocks your body, or touches your soul. It's American Pop. looks good and it could play today it's not old-fashioned at all it's very like what goes on today and here's a, here's a story that you might might appreciate um 
this was two of my two of my best performances ever. And the movie didn't make it. I had been told that that they were going to let people know eventually, you know, that it was traced and, and yada, yada, yada. But that didn't happen. And in fact, Columbia Pictures did not want people to know that. Now, today, if Tom Hanks does a voiceover, and this wasn't a voiceover, if he does a voiceover, it's a big deal. But back then... And he gets a couple of million dollars for two yeah. minutes. And, and back then, they didn't want it to, anybody to know it because they thought it, it uh, cheapened Ralph Bakshi's uh, animation, but that wasn't so. Anyway, I, I, I struggled along for another 10 years. I did American Me and a few things, but it just wasn't happening anymore until finally it just, it just seemed like, you know, I, I, I created a lead in a play in New York that the won the Pulitzer Prize. I won an LA Drama Critics Award uh, in another play. I did a, about 30 or 40 television shows. I was a, I was a regular on Beretta and suddenly I wasn't working anymore. And, and I went through a divorce and I was really depressed and I just quit. I just threw my hands up. This was in the late nineties. I just said, that's it, fuck it, you know? And, uh, and, it, I, <laughs> and I took, uh, uh, low paying minimum jobs because I was never, I never had a job, worked anything. And so I just took these jobs just to stay alive. And I was totally invisible. Nobody knew who the fuck I was. If I happened to tell somebody I was an actor, they said, Oh, what were you like? A, like an extra, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you know? And so I, I went along for like, 15 years like that. I had no money, just barely making it. A friend of mine gave me a computer. Another friend showed me how to get on Facebook. <laughs> unbeknownst, unbeknownst to me, because I didn't know what was going on, American pop had become a cult classic. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I get on Facebook and before the week is over, people from all over the world, I mean, all over the world, contacted me, said, we've been looking for you. You know, <laughs> young people saw the movie, knew what rotoscoping was, knew what I had done. And suddenly, out of the blue, after 15 years of being completely invisible, I found out. I have fans all over the world. And two of them are, are young filmmakers and they put me back into business. And that's- That's, that's awesome. I like that's, love it. That's quite a story, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, you know, I always tell people that, you know, I'm an overnight sensation. I've been in the business 64 years. <laughs> And I'm an overnight sensation because now I have eight movies waiting for me to be made. In my young years, nobody wanted me. Now, as an antique, they all want me. I have more people contacting me. I'm in more movies. Jimmy tells me the movies I'm in. I don't even know. I'm in a, I'm in a movie where somebody wants me to play a reporter. I, I, I have no idea. What happens? Who knows? It's some kind of magic. 
that happens. And I understand what you're saying. It's a landslide. If I had this kind of crap when I was young, I would have been a millionaire today, a very successful actor. But I never had the breaks, you know, or, or the whatevers. So hang on. I want to go so back. So I quite understand what you're saying. I want to brag a little. First of all, we're going to brag a little. Uh, so you guys, some of the TV shows, because everybody in the chat room is asking me, definitely. He was on a bunch of episodes of Beretta, which was a big show in my growing up time. Uh, some of the other things that he was been on, and I only wrote a few of them down because I wrote the ones that I, like I used to watch all the time. Cagney and Lacey, The Greatest American Hero, Quincy, The Waltons, The Streets of San Francisco, Ironside, Mannix. I, I watch – I'm a big Ironside, Perry Mason fan. Like I watch that – we watch that shit every night actually at 1130 on MeTV. I watch Perry Mason to fall asleep. Um, so he's been in a ton of TV shows. Fall asleep. Uh, he's That's not good. No, I mean, because I always fall. I always, but I love Perry Mason. I just can't help it. And he's uh, in PR too. Would you believe Jimmy's uh, PR? He's also been in some other great films, and I actually have a trailer for one we're going to play, so you can see him not as a cartoon, as a young man. Um, but no, not as a young man, but no. as uh, American. No, as current stuff because he's currently doing a lot of stuff. But he did, a, and I'm bringing some of these up. Tellers. He did a movie called Tellers, with, and I bring it up because E.G. Daly has been on our show probably fucking ten times. But what did uh, you think of doing? Well, I hated. I was on McMillan and uh, Charlie's Angel. I hated it. I hated the strictness of the stage. I hated the discipline. I hated the fact that if you got one letter wrong in the speech, they. Oh, no, no, no. The script girl would jump up and say, no, 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 no. I mean, it was very, very restringent. And it shows in your performance because all those television people, they all act the same, like robots. It wasn't no, a model. I, I, I never experienced any of that, Ron. What? Uh, I, never I, I never experienced anything like that. You, but know? You, you, you had the freedom of you have on stage or you can change things in movies. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. On Beretta, on Beretta, they yeah. allowed that. Mainly, absolutely, on Beretta. I would just, I'd, I'd make up lines sometimes, and then, and then the next take, I didn't say that, and and Bobby would say, uh, "No, say that what you said before." <laughs> you know? No, I was on a television show. I won't mention which one it was, but I played a cowboy, and I screwed up on a couple of lines, but I rewrote them. They were good, and they went ballistic on me. They said, oh, no, 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 no. We want it verbatim. We want it verbatim. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? I said, <laughs> no, I, never, I never experienced that at all. No. Good for no. you. You're lucky. So hold on. So You know what? I always, I still do it today. Every movie I'm in, I change lines. So people don't like it. I'm famous for that. But <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn. They hire me to play a Brooklyn mafia all the time because I look like one. I sound like one. Well, don't give me a line like, gee, gosh, shuck. Gee whiz, I'm upset. <laughs> because in Brooklyn, nobody talks like that. So I change those lines and I say, forget about it, you motherfucker, I'm upset. You know, and then they all faint. They say, oh, we, I say, put it in, put it in, it look good. So wait, I want to brag some more. So first of all, uh, and, uh, so, so the things that I have seen you in, so I only really wrote down things I've seen you in and some of your new stuff. But like, because uh, I used to be uh, terrified. I used to have bad dreams of Billy Drago. And you did a movie called Death Ring with Chad McQueen, Don Swayze, Forbes Riley, who's a friend of ours today, um, and Billy Drago. And uh, Billy Drago, like, I'm not kidding you, as a kid, like, I would have, like, nightmares because he was so scary. That was a good one. Then The White Buffalo with Martin Cove, Ed Lauder, John Carradine, Kim Novak, Slim Pickens, Charles Bronson, and Jack Warden, all, you know, kind of new stars, and Martin Cove, who's 
you know, had the biggest resurrection Eddie. And Ed Lauder is another one who used to scare me all the time. He was always the, the prison, the head of the prison or the warden or the prison guard or somebody who would like fucking fuck you up. So I was always now, afraid of him. Did you mention Kim Novak? Yes. Did you work with Kim Novak? No, I did not. But she was in the movie. Yeah. Oh, see, I would kill to work with Kim Novak. Yeah, when yeah. I was growing up, I was so in love with her. I was madly in love with her. And her pointy tits. She wore those brassiers and the sweater that made her tits look like two missiles. <laughs> I was like 16 years old. And I, I thought to myself, do women really have bosoms like that? <laughs> but I, I still love Kim Novak to date. I, I would love to be. I think Jimmy should put her in one of his films. They said she was a lousy actress. I don't agree with that at all. I think Kim Novak was a lovely actress. There was nothing wrong with her performance that I could ever see. Was she good in your movie? She didn't have a big part, actually. Uh, but I didn't. I I guess she was. Uh, I I uh, I wasn't in love with that movie. <laughs> You know, I didn't. Yeah. I I, I've got a couple of those too. <laughs> what are some? Of you, what are some of your favorite performances? Like, like, what are some of the films you've done that you think that these are like some of my favorite ones? Well, let's see. American Pop, of course. Uh, American Me. Big movie. I had a small part, but it was a very strong, strong role. It's interesting because um, I used to live in Canoga Park. And uh, and there's a a large uh, Mexican uh, American uh, community there, and I used to run into a lot of the Mexicans that uh, they had seen this movie. It was like the Godfather to them. They had seen it like five, six, seven times, and they reckon. I mean, like I said, I I just had a small small role, but they recognized me. They knew my lines and everything. <laughs> You know, well, that was Edward James almost, right? Who was like a phenomenal actor. You know, he did that. He did that other movie about like teaching the kids the true right. story, teaching the kids calculus, whatever. It's a great movie. It's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Stand and Deliver or something. Yeah, like Stand and Deliver. Well, I mean, I've seen that movie a zillion because I was like a math kid growing up, so I love that movie. I thought He's it was a fantastic. Good He's a good guy. But you also did a movie Cargo, and and I and I'm gonna assume because you're you guys, if you follow Ron on Instagram, his Instagram is Ron underscore Thompson underscore Cargo, and for some reason I thought I wonder if, if you made that your Instagram the same time the movie came out or something. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it's it's it, it was on Amazon Prime for a couple of years, and now it's on Tubi TV. You know Tubi TV? Yes, we watch it all the time. Yeah, well, this is this is the movie. Let me see if I can. No, no good, no good. Back bring it up, bring back it back. up a little bit. Bring back it, it up. It, put it near your forehead. Put it near your head. There you go. There you go. Actually, I have the trailer for Cargo. We're gonna play oh, the good. trailer because oh, that's good. the one I picked. That's a modern one that I yeah, thought. Was yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm very proud of this movie. It, uh, it's it's made by James Dillon, who is one of my uh, American pop fans. That uh, he wrote this for me. Oh, I love it. So, okay, so you introduce it, and while when he gets done introducing the trailer, you play it for everybody, please. All okay. right, away. This is this is Cargo, and uh, it's on TubiTV.com. <laughs> it's free, <laughs> and uh, it's a, I really I really like this film. It's just me. I'm the only actor on screen. Uh, I have been uh, kidnapped and held hostage in a cargo container with nothing but a cell phone t 
to come up with $10 million in 24 hours or they kill my wife and leave me to die. And so the other actors are on the phone. And uh, so that's, that's the basis of the movie. Oh, it sounds like a, sounds like a, sounds like a Christmas film. Yeah, <laughs> a Christmas film like Die Hard. <laughs> they put you in a box with a cell phone and they kill your wife? Get exactly. the fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Take it away. Let's see it. Is this Anthony Peterson? Yes, this is Anthony Peterson. Who the hell are you? You've been kidnapped. Trapped. You've got air for 24 hours. If you contact any authorities, you die. What do you want? $10 million. It's that on looks like TV. a good movie. It actually looks good. It really is a good movie. And you get, the, the, you I don't know if you heard the, 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 the soundtrack. It's Tangerine Dream. Yes. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And, you know, and you have short hair, so you look totally different. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm saying. You know. Did you give them the $10 million? Huh? Did you give them you the $10 million? You have to watch it and see. Ah. <laughs> you also have a movie called Chicks Man, which you're like on the poster of the cover of it. Gina, deep cover, stitches. So you have a bunch of movies. Chicks Man, I was going to do the, the preview for that one, except for that the trailer for that one. But the trailer for Cargo is all you, and I thought that would be a better thing to show. Yeah. Cargo looks spooky. It looks good. Yeah. Everyone's man. afraid of the dark. You know that. The minute you do a movie in the dark, it becomes frightening. I tell that to a lot of producers. Don't overlight your shot. Keep it dark and spooky. I, I don't care for the dark, do you? Okay. I mean, if you were walking in L.A. at 3 in the morning down a dark alley, you feel good? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> you won't make it to the end of the alley. Where, actually, where, actually right. where, do you, where do you live? Where are you calling us from? I, uh, I live in Van Nuys now. Okay. I, uh, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, that's where my dad's from. Yeah. Really? And yeah. Uh, we left, family and I left there when I was four, and we moved to Miami. That's and where I, I was born. born. <laughs> really? You and have I, a generation here. Uh, until I, was, I left home at 19 with $200 and headed for New York City. Okay. And how, how, was it, how long did it take you to book your first something? Two years. Okay. Which is pretty good. Yeah. I had a, you I know, had a, I, hate, I hate when people lie on their bio. Uh, my, my bio is true. I'm Gloria Vanderbilt's son. 
I was born in Manhattan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I lived in Newport, New Jersey, Rhode Island. We lived in a $50 million mansion. And that's on my bio. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I never lie. Yeah. <laughs> Two years. You know, my bio reads, he's a, a guinea from Brooklyn who was born in Red Hook. <laughs> my first uh, professional acting job in New York was live television. Live. No, no tape. Armstrong right. Circle Theater. I had a really, really good part. It was like a supporting role. And there was quite a cast. Uh, Robert Duvall had he, he had a part not quite as big as mine actually, right? But, but uh, 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 those shows back then were like repertory theater. You you uh, one one week you'd have a big part, and next next week you you didn't. And uh, uh, I did another one for them, which I didn't have a big part, and it starred Martin Sheen, and. Uh, uh, but this was my first my first deal, man. You know, in, in uh, 1962, and at the same time, I had a, a, a fledging uh, uh, record career singing. I had I had two records out, and that record, the first record, came out the same week that the TV show did. Oh, wow. I didn't know that you were a singer. I would have told everybody. I didn't see that when I was Googling. Yeah, it's at, it's at the bottom of the, if you if you look at the web, the, uh, my web uh, uh, site. site. Ron, RonThompsonActor.com, everybody, is his website. Yeah. There yeah, you go. at the bottom of it, there's, a, there's two records on there. What kind of music did you do? Uh, pop, pop, rock. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I was... Country. I didn't know it was country, but it was country. Uh, my first record, I was really influenced by Johnny Mathis a lot. Oh, oh my God, that's his favorite. He's I, met him three I, times. I met Johnny three. I've been in his company three times. Yeah, well, and I love and adore you, him. He's the kindest, most gentle, sweetest, I believe that. Un I believe unintrusive that. human being. I adore All him. he listens to in his car, he drives around in a convertible, and all he listens to is Johnny Mathis. I, I, adore, I adore him. My first record, uh, the uh, Cashbox review of it said I was a country Johnny Mathis. Wow, yeah, wow. wow that's awesome. That's a hell of a compliment. That's a big it's, one. It's, 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 on, it's, on the web, it's on the website at the bottom. Go all the way to the bottom of the page, and it's called If By Chance. Right. Okay. And if you go looking if you go looking for Ron, don't confuse him with Ron Russell. When you pull up Ron Russell, it's four-time Academy Award winner, six-time Emmy winner, <laughs> and 33-time Grammy winner. So don't confuse <laughs> him with Ron. You guys I are like know that. actor.com, you guys, because I didn't know that. That's that's so funny that's that you terrific. Say a lot of times we have guests on and, and Ron will mention we uh, especially musical guests. And Ronald Messon, Johnny Matheson, like 75% of them don't know who he is. So the first one you mentioned is Johnny Mathis. That's just freaking awesome. I have a quick story. I was food shopping with him in the food basket in West Hollywood. And the two <clears> of us were walking around and we were gabbing and gabbing. And I said, you know, Johnny, nobody recognizes you. No one has come up to you and said, oh, my God. He said, no one knows who I am. We go to the cashier guy, the young kid. I said, you know who this man is? He said, no. 
I said, this is Johnny Mantis. He said, oh, hello, Johnny Mantis. He didn't give a shit. He didn't even know. And I just walked out of the store and we parted. We said goodbye. And I said, Johnny, I cannot believe it. He said, Ron, they're only our generation that know me. The young people do not know me. And I said, that's what's wrong with America. Because if you go to Italy, they know Puccini and Verdi like they were born yesterday. America, we are forgotten. You throw it away. You could be the greatest star in the world. If you're not in today, you're forgotten. And Johnny Mathis has sold more records than anybody than Frank, in history. Than Frank Sinatra, than anyone. The greatest vocalist was Johnny Mathis of anyone. And nobody knows who he is today. I love that you picked that. And that's so sad because Johnny Mathis, he still sings beautifully. And he's 86, 86 years old. In fact, he's coming to Palm Springs soon. And I told Jimmy, get on the horn and get his agent to book him on our show. If he comes on my show, I'm going to drop dead. No, I'll just, I'll just <laughs> drop dead on the, like, like, no, I'll go down on the ground. Well, please Hello. tell him that I am a huge fan of his. And oh, I sure will. Since I was 16 years old. Me too. Chances are. Because <laughs> you wear a silly grin. So we can oh, go on your website. That's right. We if we go on your website, we can. How many times you did sing? you get laid with Johnny Mantis play? <laughs> I got laid a lot of times. I used to put it on in the car. My girlfriend Hilda, she liked it, and I'd sing along, and then bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's something I like to ask all the actors, and now I know you're a singer, but but a uh, bucket list. So you've worked with a lot of great people. You've had a lot of wonderful experiences. Male and female actor that if you could work with, you would love to work with, living or dead. They don't have to be. They can be alive or they can be dead. And then the second part of the question is, if you could have ever been in any movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to have been in? Hmm. Well. What movie? I, he didn't say yet. Oh. <laughs> I became – I always was interested in being, a, being in show business and being an actor and all that. Always. But – when I saw a certain movie at 13 years old, I said, that's it. That's what I'm going to do on the waterfront. Okay. Oh, greatest <laughs> fucking movie ever made, man. <laughs> greatest. Ela Kazan. Marlon Brando. Please. It was a fabulous. Please, man. Fabulous. So he it was, still holds up. It's still he, great. Today. He was the greatest. He was the greatest. I never got to meet him. I've, I've worked with a lot of actors. I've never got to meet him. It's probably good I didn't because I would just have been a fool. <laughs> no, my my uh, niece was married to his son. Oh. And I got all the Marlon, Marlon Brand Brando's son. Marlon Brando's. So I got all the dirt on Marlon. And also, Loreen Landon, who's an actress and a dear friend of ours, she dated his son after my niece divorced him. So she had a lot of stuff on Marlon. He was a strange guy. Marlon Brando yeah. was a very, very interesting person. Okay, wait. What's That's a female strange. actress that you'd like to work with? Did you say female? Yeah. Living or dead? Or living and dead? Uh, How could you be living and dead? You could pick a living one and a dead one. Oh. <laughs> Holly Berry. Oh, there you go. Good actress. Good like and beautiful. I like to get to know her. <laughs> Okay, yes. now you keep bringing. I think we have six degrees of separation here. My <laughs> daughter, my daughter Leslie, when she was sixteen, was Miss Long Island, and the year before was was Holly, Holly Berry. Berry. So Holly Berry had to give my daughter the crown. 
Oh, really? Then, oh, yeah. And I met her, and she was the most well-spoken, charming, adorable, ladylike, tiny little thing you ever want to meet. Holly Barry, I was so impressed by. She was definitely Miss Teen Long Island. And then my daughter Leslie became Miss Teen Long Island. So it's everything cool. you say, I'm That's saying, funny. Johnny I, don't, I, wait, I don't want to one-up you. <laughs> and it sounds like I'm trying to one-up you, but I'm not. I hate people that do that shit. I have, have no, jerk, you know any jerks that do the one-up on you? What's a, wait, wait, who's, an, who's, a, who's a dead one that you would have liked to work with? Mm. Dead. Marilyn. Who? Marilyn? You heard of her? Ron, Ron, yes. Ron was best friends with Jane Russell, yeah. actually. Jane, so again, here we go. And Jane told me a lot of stuff about Marilyn, stuff I'll never print, of course, or tell on television, stuff that wasn't, that people shouldn't know about. But Marilyn Monroe, Jane Russell said, was definitely murdered by the Kennedys. There's no question oh, about yeah, we it. We had a gangster guy on, yeah. Gianni Russo, and he two said weeks ago, that, and he said they yes. Murdered, they had to shut him out, and they killed her. Isn't that a sin that they murdered Marilyn Monroe? Mm -hmm. Nobody would believe that you could murder such a star. But also, just to change the subject, but B. Claudia in Germany has says your music was out. It says Ronnie Thompson. If by right. chance, if by chance and cold hearted, she put it right. in the chat room for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I was I was Ronnie Thompson. I was Ronnie Thompson up until seventy uh, two. I changed. Uh, I did a play with uh, Henry Fonda and Jane Alexander and Gloria Graham and Strother Martin and all. Gloria Graham. Oh my God, another name. Yeah, and that time I changed my name to Ron. So, did you like doing theater? Because theater is a lot harder than doing television and movies. Yeah, I, I, I did. Uh, I'm not. I, I still. I, I did a, a a a stage reading for Ted Lange recently, and I enjoyed it. But I I, I like movies best. I like to do movies. I like the the, the immediacy of it, and uh, and I don't need to rehearse that much anymore, you know. But I but I had a lot of success with plays. I did I did a play in New York, which which was really the thing that got me going. It was in 1969. You said revolutionary. This was extremely revolutionary. It was uh, written by a black man named Charles Gordon. And it was uh, an interracial cast. It was called No Place to Be Somebody. And it won the Pulitzer Prize, the New York Drama Critics Award, the wow. Award, the Theater World Award, yada, yada, yada. And I had a really good part in it. And uh, we did it for a year and a half in New York. And I toured it for a year. And finally just, and they kept on going. And I, and I finally left. And then I did a play. In, uh, in L.A. that I won an L.A. Drama Critics Award for called Does a Tiger Wear a Necktie? <laughs> Al Pacino had done the play in New York, and he won a Tony. And I did it out here about four years later. And uh, and then this play that I told you about, it's called Time of Your Life. It was a, a national tour. Time of Your Life is a, is a Pulitzer Prize-winning play from the 30s, William Saroyan. And it starred Henry Fonda, Jane Alexander, my old, my wonderful friend, Strother Martin. Uh, you know who he is, of course, right? I don't. 
Uh-uh. Struggling Martin? What we have here is a failure to communicate. Oh, I know that line. What's that, wait, what's that from? What? That line Luke. did. What line? Cool Hand Luke. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Well, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, Cool Hand Luke, I am. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful actor. Wonderful actor. Anyway, uh, and uh, a, lot, a lot of other good actors in it. Uh, there was a couple of, of unknown young guys that was in it. One guy was named Louis Stadlin, who, who played... Uh, Oh, I know the face. I yes, Brother Martin, yes. And another, I know, I know another young actor named Richard Dreyfus. I don't know what he's doing now, but... Uh, yeah. I, I hear he works at Walmart. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Listen, so let me ask I, I have a question for you. Do you miss our day? And the do people I miss what? Are, do, you, did you, do you miss our day and the people that we worked with back then? Wasn't Hollywood better 20, 30 years ago than today? I, I, miss, I missed the 60s. The 60s were, and, and, and some of the 70s, were, were really quite a time, quite a time, quite a revolutionary time, quite a fun time, and uh, I miss all that. You but know. I mean, do you, do you miss Hollywood of the 50s and 60s and 70s? I do. I didn't know I'm from the fifties cause I wasn't in it then, but it was, di it was definitely different. Uh, the thing back, back, back then they had what you call, they still have them. They still have casting directors, but they, back then they had real casting directors. Right. <laughs> real ones. Went to see plays and, and, and who knew what they were doing and knew what they were doing and, 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 and all of that. Uh, and then in the, uh, uh, when was it? In the late 70s, most of these casting directors were out of business. Uh, 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 Joe D'Augusta and uh, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of wonderful casting directors were no longer casting directors. There, and there was, they brought in these young kids. I mean, young kids. My resume was older than them. <laughs> That's true. No, this is true. And they and they knew nothing about acting. All they knew was what they saw on TV. Mm -hmm. And well, that's like it, now though. It was, now it, was it's very it was a very corporate situation, and that's when my career started to go into the toilet because none of these kids knew who the hell I was. You know, I I read something. About Shelly Winters. <laughs> Shelly oh, Winters. Oh, my God. Oh, Another good I friend of his. My best she friend Shelly. She, she, she dealt with these, these young casting directors. And one day, she she had to go meet one of them. And and so they, they, they asked, well, tell me a little bit about yourself. That was, that was their, their and line. And she got an Oscar and she banged it on the she table. She took it up. An Oscar out of That's her a true story. Set and set it on the table. That's who I am. That's Call a true story. That's a tr yeah. I knew Shelly. I would have lunch with Shelly every Thursday at the Silver Spoon in uh -huh. Hollywood. Remember uh -huh. the Silver Spoon? Yeah. What was it used to call before the Silver Spoon? Oh, I only knew it as a Silver Spoon diner. Okay. Shelly and I, a whole gang of us, Jane Russell, 
Mr. Blackwell, I brought everybody there and we would have lunch every Thursday and Shelley would tell us a story about Hollywood. Now, she and Jane Russell had had a big fight years before and weren't speaking. So I mistakenly brought Jane there and Shelley was pissed off. She said, why did you bring her here? I hate her. I said, don't hate Jane Russell. Jane Russell's a dear friend of mine. She's wonderful. And I said to Shelley, what was the problem? And Shelley told me the problem. They were at Jack Palance's house drinking, a whole bunch of them. They were on the rug by the fireplace. And there was a part that Shelley Winters had just gotten with Robert Mitchum, where she plays a religious fanatic who gets stabbed by Robert Mitchum. And the movie was The One with the Fingers, Love and Hate. I forgot the name of the movie. And Jane Russell wanted that part because she was a born-again Christian. So Jane said something to Shelley, you know, I really wanted that part. And Shelley said, yes, Jane, but I got it. And Jane said, well, if I would have fucked all the casting directors, I would have got it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they never spoke and they never spoke for years. Now Shelley has an 85th birthday party, which I am at. Who do I bring but Jane Russell? Because I figured, hey, it's 40 years. Anyway, they made up and they and they were friendly with each other. And I said to Shelly, what was that fight about again? She said, you know, Ron, I don't remember. I said, better, Shelly, that you don't remember. Good. But but they, I brought them together for the first time in so many. And Jane, Jane didn't remember the fight either because she was drunk. They were all drunk. In those days, everybody drank. So I have a question for you because we've only got like four more minutes. But so uh, do you have – how are you now with like remembering lines? Do you remember lines pretty well still? Amazingly, I do. How do you, I, 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 don't. I, don't remember, I don't remember what I had for breakfast, but I, but I mean, you mentioned the movie Chicks Man. In Chicks Man, I have a 10 minute scene, a monologue, it's practically a monologue. The actress that I'm with, she has a line here and a line there, but it's practically a monologue. I remember the whole damn thing. It's just, it's, it's interesting. You know, That's awesome. Now, here it is. I use a, a plug. When I work, I use a plug. I can remember a monologue, but I can't remember a short sentence when to who and what. That's mm -hmm. my problem. So the, the guy on the phone says, okay, Ron, here you go. This is where it's at. And I say, this is where it's at. But I could do a, a page without any problem. Now, figure that one out. I, Shall think, I, I, got your, I think I got an answer for you. Okay. Yeah, I'm not listening to the other actor. No, I am listening to the. Well, actor. That's, that's my answer. But I'm forgetting what I have to say. <laughs> oh, I'm certainly listening. Lainey Kazan and I are very good friends. In fact, we're going to be in a movie together soon. And Lainey can't remember lines either. So she uses a plug. And I said to her, How do you do with your plug? She said, I hate it. I said, Why? She said, Because I can't act. I can't have a plug and act at the same time. So they have a lot of trouble with her because she won't wear a plug and can't remember lines. It's um, it's very difficult when you get to be a certain age and you start to fade. You're lucky that you haven't faded, but it does come with time and you fade. So I'm not shy or ashamed to say I wear a plug. You know why? I act better now than I did in 1959 in my first movie when I was 19. You know why? I don't worry about lines anymore. <laughs> I concentrate on my performance. So the lines come to me like the grace of God, and I'm able to really become a better actor. Yeah. That, that's, uh, I can say that that's true with me, and is that I just don't give a damn. 
I, you know what? Those performances are the very best. When you overamp, as we used to say years ago, overamping, it comes across as corny. You're overacted. You're overrehearsed. You're overperfectionist. You got to be crude and rude and natural. Like I say, people, these young kids say to me, Ron, what is it? What is the tip you can give me in acting? I said, don't act. That's it. Just don't act. Because if the camera sees you acting, you stink. You're not supposed to act. You're supposed to become. Don't you agree right. with that? You become the character. You don't act the character. You have to be the character. I like a lot of it. I mean, you and I came up the same way. So I think we're this. Uh, were you ever a method? A met, met, method actor. Did you ever do a method? I, I studied it. I studied it too. But it, it, you know what? I've studied a lot of different acting and I found out in my old age, I don't even, I don't know how I do it. I just do it. I just. I, I understand that. because I, I, I tried to, I tried to, at one time when I was broke as shit, I uh, tried to t make a living at teaching. I couldn't teach anybody. I didn't know how I did it. I had no idea how I did it. Right. And and now I just I'm as you said I'm I was always a good actor. I was a award winning. You are you aren't. But I'm but I'm better. I feel I'm better today than I ever was. Me too. Me too. Me too. Because I just I don't even worry about it. I, I, I learned I learned my lines. I know, uh, as uh, Jimmy Cagney used to say, learn your lines, stand in one spot, and don't uh, right. open the furniture. I, I'm 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 coming. Yes. Up, I'm in a movie soon with a very very famous actor, and I play his father. And they tell me that he has died. I still sit in front of a mirror, and I still do my reaction to that. And I showed Jimmy and my daughters both the reaction and they loved it. And I'm going to use it in the movie. It comes so naturally now. I never have to work on my character. I read my lines and some kind of magic happens and I become. And right. I think it's with age. I think this is because we are not no longer worried about, oh, my left side, do I look good? Or do I sound good? We don't right. give a shit what we look like. We're actors. We finally have arrived at being. I believe that. Right. And I, I wholeheartedly believe in what you said. Right. Totally. So well, there's nothing like vintage uh, wine. And I believe there's nothing like a vintage actor. Because most of your great actors on the screen today are 60 to 70 to 80. And that's where you get a good movie and a good performance. A lot of the young ones are cardboard dolls, like we used to be when we were young. So, you guys, this is Ron Thompson. Check out Yay! his Instagram. It's Ron <laughs> underscore Thompson underscore Cargo for his Instagram. His website is ronthompsonactor.com. Go to the bottom of the site to find out about his music. He's got a movie right now on Tubi called Cargo. He's the star and the lone actor in it. It looks great. We showed the trailer. Check it out. Check out American Pop. Check out American oh, wait. Me. And I have a movie somewhere. It's called Clown Motel 2. What am I on? Tubi? No, it's not on. I don't know where it's on. I'm yet. on something. You have to look for it. <laughs> you're on something. Well, there's a, million, there's a million of these networks now. You know, you never know which one you're on. 
So, Ron, congratulations on a fabulous career. Thanks so much for coming on the Thank show. Thank you. Having you, and we'll see you You're on You're a pleasure, Facebook. Ron. Ron, maybe we'll work one day together, and we'll both get Oscars because we'll play brothers and we can win Oscars together. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Ron, thank Take you. Take care, Ron. Later, Gators. Bye, Ron. What a nice Yay. guy. Yeah, he's a cool guy. You know, there's nothing like uh, talking to people my age about what Hollywood was. And we've had uh, several of those people I, I, mean, it, I think it interests the young people. You know, a lot of people say like, oh, don't put the old bags on because who, the young kids don't want to see the old bags. Stupid young kids. They only want to see blood and guts and tits and ass. But intelligent young people, especially in my business, they want to talk to the old stars, the old movie people. So now they we're going to bring on another one. They he's, learn. he's not as old, though. He's like more my age, I think. No, but I, I teach a lot. I get so many kids that ask me questions. All right, let's bring on mm -hmm. our next guest. Hello, hello. Hello, gentlemen. How hey. are you? What has he got on that? Well, I'm all right. I'm overweight, but I'm all right. <laughs> Manson Brothers. The Manson Brothers. That's scary. Is that a new movie? It's yeah. Some friends of mine did this um, zombie film. I met these guys in Chicago. They're absolutely terrific guys. They've got a YouTube uh, podcast or talk show, whatever. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, I always try to promote them because they're such great guys. Uh, so I wear their T-shirt. There we go. So Brad, is it Lori or Lori? Think of calorie or cutlery. Cutlery, Bradley. There we go. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Juan Russell. Actually, welcome back right. to the Jimmy welcome Star back. Show with Juan Russell, actor, stuntman, stunt coordinator, Bradley. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you, he sir. Just went away. Thank you. He just went away. Oh, he just disappeared. Oh, there we back. go. Listen, is that about Charles Manson, the zombies? No, no, it's not at all. But Speaking of which, did you know Charlie Manson has like half a dozen albums? Well, listen, Charles, Charles Manson on was, Yeah. Charles Manson was worse than a zombie. The he was worse one. than a zombie. Thank the God he's gone. So how you been, buddy? So hold on. This is because uh, he wasn't on the show when you were on the show. That's when the show was stinking. Uh, he was on the show before oh, that. That's, so that's this the is show my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Ron right. Russell. So you were on his show when it was a bad show. No, it wasn't. Now you're on his show when it's I a didn't like it at show. all, but it's just got a better feel today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this show is so, you, Brad. <laughs> this show is so much better than the old. Before me, his show sucked. Jimmy, I love what you've done with the show. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a chat room full of people. So Say hi to everybody in the chat. Oh man, fantastic! There we fantastic. go. Who is the scariest guy you loved playing? Well, the scariest guy I loved playing. Must have been Michael Myers in Halloween. That's right. I was waiting for that answer. You know. you just segued us into that. Yes. <laughs> Go okay, ahead. So now you got tell it. me about it. When they, how did you get it, and, and how did you feel when you? That's a hell of a part, you know. That's well, a, that's I'll a, tell you. I, I I I love telling this story. I had just finished good. 13 episodes of a of a kid show for Fox called Lost Luchadors, and they were they Mexican crime fighters by day, and 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 um, and. Uh, uh, wrestlers by night or the other way around anyway um and the first ad i worked with a guy named brian knight he went and interviewed with the halloween people and during his interview and he he said to me i was had no intention of taking the job but people request you you know you do it as a professional courtesy and he said that uh, in the in his interview they mentioned that they didn't know who was going to be their canadian stunt double and who they were going to use to be michael myers 
So he pipes up and says, well, you should talk to my friend Brad Lurie. I just work with him. Great guy. He's starting to coordinate, blah, blah, blah. So I get this phone call out of the blue from the production manager. Brad, how tall are you? I said, oh, I'm six, two and a half. Oh, perfect. Can you come in tomorrow to meet the executives? And I went in the next day, and I swear, hiring the guy in the mask was literally almost like an afterthought. Everybody was there. The producers, the directors are all ready to go. And then, Oh, yeah, we better put someone in the mask. So I, <laughs> I go there, and when she phoned me, I thought that she had said, because I hadn't seen the movie in like 18 years, I thought that she had said they're looking for a stunt double for Michael Myers. Like the, the actor, I thought, boy, his career is gone. You know, Austin Powers. But <laughs> I do the walk for Rick Rosenthal, the director, a few times. And he says to the producers, yeah, he should be fine. And then the producer says, Brad, now, you're the first guy we looked at. You haven't got the job yet, but if we do go with you, just so you know, we're going to have to fly you to L.A. to cast your head to build the mask around your face. And I said, wait, wait, I got to go all the way to L.A. just to double some hummy actor? And they said, no, 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 you're not going to double the guy. You're going to be the guy. And I was literally at that interview as a professional courtesy, just like Brian. But when they said I, they were going to give me the opportunity to play Michael Myers, I said, okay, if this happens, I'm taking it. And I, sure enough, I did. Lost Luchadors came back for a second season. In the middle of the third episode, the producers walked on set, pulled the rug. That was it. So sometimes your gut tells you where to go. I so, love it. So did you enjoy doing what you did? Absolutely. It was six weeks. Like for a stunt guy, it was a huge deal. You know, I mean, getting to be one of the, even though I didn't have a dialogue or a face in the movie, I still got to be one of the one of the leads in the show. And um, I wasn't a big horror fan, but I loved the first Halloween movie. Um, when I finally saw it, I, 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 I was halfway through it. And I just remember saying to myself, this movie is a masterpiece in that it's not overly bloody, gory, or violent, but I'm on the edge of my seat biting my nails because the guy's so creepy. I, like, love it. And we recently, not in the last year, we had Tyler Mann and James Jude Courtney, who are also Michael Myers, is yes. on the show. And they were great. Like, we had a blast with them. And I have yeah. all the Michael Myers action figures and stuff. So I think it's very cool. And, and basically, like, I mean, because that's also, that's one of the films that probably enables you to go sign in autographs every weekend or whenever you go to go, right? We get, we get, I get invited to a couple of shows a year. Yeah. I mean, my show's 20 years old now, but, um, you know, it's, it's a free weekend away and you get to meet, meet, meet and make new friends. And um, it's an awful lot of fun. So, I mean, I'm going to brag a little for you now, just so people can kind of like, Get it. So, hey, you guys, here's some of the movies now. He's either uh, been in them as a as an actor or as a stunt person, which is, is really cool. Do you know Do you know a stuntman named Alessandro Alessandro Fulcito? No, I do not. He's a big stunt guy in Atlanta. I just thought you might know. I know you're in Canada, but I thought maybe you might know him because he he liked the thing when I put it up with you, and he's he like you has been in all the big movies as a stuntman. Oh yeah. Uh, so here's some of the movies, you guys. Child's Play, 2019. Uh, Tron Legacy, The Day of the Living Dead, The Cabin in the Woods, which is a great movie. Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, House of the Dead, Messages Deleted, The Final Storm, Smoking Aces 2, Tooth Fairy with Dwayne Johnson and Ashley Judd, Twilight New Moon, 2012, Jennifer's Body, Catwoman, Driven to Kill, I Love You Beth Cooper, Watchmen, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, In the Name of the King, uh, which we're going to have to talk about in the name of the king and chaos. Just for uh, uh, remind me, I'm going to come back. X-Men, The Last Stand, Final Destination 2, The Keeper, White Chicks, Barely Legal, Time Cop, Halloween Resurrection, 
Heart of America, Texas Rangers, Get Carter, The Sixth Day, Reindeer Games, Wrongfully Accused. Oh, hilarious. We watched that not during COVID. Right. Um, Masterminds. On TV, you've seen him in Arrow, Supernatural, Flash Gordon, Millennium, Tin Man, Battlestar Galactica, Small Whale, The X-Files, Dark Angel, The Crow, Stargate SG-1, all a lot of great things. And oh, we originally had you on the show because you were in Mr. Hush. You were the lead oh. in Mr. Hush. I know it's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun. And believe it or not, we lived in Pennsylvania, and we were in Milford, Pennsylvania, eating at a diner. And and the guy sitting two tables down said, "Are you Jimmy Starr?" And I said, "Yeah." And it was David Lee Madison, who oh, was his movie. But he and, lives there, and he lives there. And so we sat and talked with him. And I know David Lee Madison was the director. Stephen Jeffries was in it. Edward X. Young, who Ron is pretty good friends with. Churchill, Steve Dash, who unfortunately has passed away now. Yes. And I didn't know that the girl was Jessica Cameron, who's a really good friend of ours now. Jessica's a good friend. Yeah, She looks wonderful. She lost a lot of weight. She looks sensational. Oh, yeah. She's, she's down to like skinny, looking gorgeous. Oh, my gosh. Well, her face, so this, her body. So this was a breathtaking, movie. Breathtaking. This was a movie, though, where you had like the lead role. You weren't a stuntman. It was like all you with no mask or no anything. You were gorgeous. Did you have fun? Do I know it's a low budget indie film? Did you have fun, guys? I, I, yes and no. Um, love David to death, you know, for the opportunity and all that. Um, but it was not. It wasn't as experienced a crew as I would have liked because David, uh, you know, he. Um, <clears throat> He printed a lot of takes where I thought we were just rehearsing, honestly. <laughs> and and, and um, I, I just wish that, um, anyway, I mean, I had, a, I had a blast. I mean, David and Tom and um, and uh, Steve and all these guys, Eddie, they're going to be friends for life. Um, but I did get a little frustrated. <laughs> but I don't want to point any fingers. Okay, but let me, let me help you out. I'm going I'm to go in a different place. I want your opinion now. I'm going to ask you as a friend. Do I have to be I, honest? No, I'm going to ask you. Make believe we're having coffee in a diner. Okay, kid. I always play a tough guy, a mafia guy, a Brooklyn guy, okay? I always wanted to play a monster. I just got a script, and they want me to play a vampire. Beautiful. No, a gay vampire. Not so beautiful. <laughs> Would you do it? <laughs> I'm sure to God, this is the truth. Yes, I would. I would, because horror is still huge. And with the whole, everybody has to be gay now. I mean, you know, you, you, wear, you, can, be, you can be Count Dracula with a rainbow-colored cape. I think you should do it, Ron, just for the fun of it. Well, it's a comedy, and it's called Type O Negative. And it's the name of the film, Type O Negative. And I, I am, and I am a very flamboyant, uh, light in the loaf of vampire. So what the hell? But I mean, I wanted to play a monster, not a gay one. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, today you have, you, you know, you can't. I, I want to scare people. I don't want them to fall in love with me. <laughs> Nobody wants to see heterosexual uh, monsters anymore. They've got to be, you know, at least weird, uh, crazy <laughs> hermaphrodites or something, because this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so, preferably well, I, a really good tan and um then you got the proper ingredients for uh politically correct film today but brad i have got to tell you 
I accepted it simply because it's a damn good script. It's hey, a very I, unusual, interesting script. It's not stupid. It doesn't like a. It's not like a faggot movie. Like no, some, no. Some fairy vampire running around in high heels. It's very, very. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you want to see Dracula in high heels? I don't. But I mean, it's it's. A, <laughs> what are you going to do? It's a very. The script is excellent, and I'm happy to be in it. And I've been you got to you got to take advantage of that because they're few and far between, as you know these days. They're rehashing every story ever written, and uh, I hate that. Uh, well, oh man, yeah. how they're rehashing everything and nothing is yeah. New and no, original. this the writer of the Ming Ballad wrote it, right? Yeah, yeah Ming Ballad wrote it, and it's being directed by Jennifer James. So I'm happy with all of that. But the script is really very twisty and turny and interesting and different. It's not the usual Dracula. No, it's not quite okay. that. Okay. <laughs> so hang on. We're going to go back. Wait, wait, wait. So so real quick, because I want to like, this is, this is kind of like taking us down memory lane. But but first of all, you guys, so Mr. Hush, because uh, everybody that, that was in it, everybody in the film came on our show back in the day. So Stephen Jeffries, you guys, and you know him from Fright Night. Edward X. Young, you know him from a bunch of things like like uh, B-movies. Churchill's been on our phone, director. Uh, David Lee Madison's the director. Steve Dash, you guys, was the very first Jason uh, in Friday the 13th when he had the paper, the the sack, the sack, the bag sack on. And Jessica Cameron's been on the show, and obviously you. So what I want you to do is say, hey, everybody, here's the trailer. We're going to play. It's like a one-minute trailer or something. Here's the trailer for Mr. Hush, and then you hang on, and we're going to come back. But he doesn't like Mr. Hush. I know, but that's the only one I got a trailer for, so we're going to play it because oh, everybody on it's been on our show. Wait, 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 Brad, why like you? I don't like Why any not? show where I never got paid. Fast in your seatbelts, folks. Here comes the trailer to Mr. Hush. <laughs> What's left of her is upstairs. <laughs> Everybody's so young. Look at them. Oh my. I well, cannot believe that movie was 12 years ago. It seems like yesterday we shot They look like kids. Everybody looks really young, though. Jessica Cameron, they all look really, really young in it. All right. So now I want to move forward as a stuntman. First Wait of all, a minute. We talked about Hush that you don't like. Tell me the film that you love that we should all see. Your very best work, your various film. Something where you want me to watch tomorrow night, because tonight we're watching something else. Well, something that you would see me. Well, I'll tell you. I Your got into the martial arts as a kid because of Bruce Lee and his predecessor was, um, or his successor was Jackie Chan. And I'm, a, I don't know if you guys have seen Shanghai noon, but I was, I was one of the cowboys in the big bar room brawl. I was one of the two guys that originally threw Jackie out of the saloon. He comes back in, 
beats us up. I ended up getting hit over there with a, uh, a, a bottle of whiskey and knocked out and whatnot. But um, it's a really fun show. And um, I, I that's one of my fondest memories of a show that I worked on. Because I was with the, we're out in Alberta with all my friends and... Uh, we were working. It was a there was a pending strike at the time, so we were going back and forth between Shanghai Noon and a show called uh, Texas Rangers, which never went anywhere for some reason. And um, but no, it was a really, really good time, a lot of fun. Well, everybody was in this hush movie. I saw Churchill. Can't believe Churchill ever acted. I mean, <laughs> that's a new one for me. When I see Church, I got to tell him. Go back and stay with the directing and producing church. <laughs> Ron, you got to say to him, I love the little piece of tape you put on your finger to give your character some, <laughs> some backstory. I said, why did you do that? He goes, oh, I just wanted my character to have some backstory. But if you guys talk to Connie Gio Giordano. Giordano well, uh, I'm laughing. What? <laughs> Connie Giordano played my girlfriend in Mr. Hush. And... Um, she was just recently in six episodes of um, Mayor of East. Um, oh, Mayor of East End or something. Thank you. Yes. I, we've never seen that show. Is it a good show? It's really worth seeing. Yeah, it's terrific. Okay, that we need she, to see. Yeah, she's so, Connie Connie played uh, one of the girlfriends that the, the lead was in a volleyball team with years and years prior or something. Yeah. So, so for people who don't know, tell them what's the difference between a stunt coordinator and a stunt man. I know what the difference is, but for the listeners, I, uh, yeah. stunt coordinator is the key, uh, the key, what they call the head of the stunt department. He hires the the, the appropriate people the, from the riggers on down, from the, you know, special effects and riggers and whatnot. Not a special effects, but they work so closely with special effects. But you're responsible for hiring the people for the stunt double work for the nondescript work, and to see that all the physical action is done safely. Okay. So now... And a stunt man. So you've done stunt coordinating is. and you've done stunt man. Now I yeah. want to ask, and I don't know if you even got to meet him when you worked, but you worked on two films, Chaos and In the Name of the King. Ron's favorite action hero is Jason Statham. Oh, <laughs> Jason Statham. And he's in both of those movies. Have you gotten to meet him? I uh, did. I meet Jason. Well, we were on set, you know, like within feet of each other. I remember it was his birthday one day. I said, "Jason, happy birthday!" He says, "Cheers, love." You know, at the Brits do. <laughs> um, but, I, but I did. I wasn't doubling him or, or doing a fight scene with him, so I didn't get a lot. I was doubling Ron Perlman. Oh, uh, that's I, I didn't one. get a lot of interaction with Jason, but I, I liked him. He um, he uh, he didn't get along particularly well with the stunt coordinator on the the King show. Um, but I'm not going to mention any names, but anyway. <laughs> just Google you know, it. They, they, no, <laughs> just Google it. No, they, his studio contacted me, and they wanted me to do a fight scene with him. And he said, I'm not going to fight with Ron because he'll beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, Ron is 83 soon, and he can really kick. <laughs> <laughs> Ron loves Jason Statham. Like, I just get so, you know why movie. I get crazy? He beats up 12 people at once. That's so Brooklyn. It's so <laughs> how I grew up. Isn't that the truth? He's so defending, the, defending the hood. Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, he's defending the hood. Yes, it's so Brooklyn defending the hood. Well, Ron loves Jason Statham. I think he's one of the best actors out there that does nothing but beat the shit out of people, and I love I, it. I, I'll, I'll watch Snatch over and over and over and yeah. over. And, yeah, no, Jason was a great – yeah. He really you know, got his, the number. <laughs> 
the scripts that he works with are a little shop for, but because he's in it, it's always interesting and entertaining. Yes, absolutely. He's a good actor, the little bit that he acts yes, in he the is. Show, if he's not beating up people. But I just get a kick out of him. I enjoy watching him because he's really like a, a, the people I grew up with. And he's so sexy with his shirt off, Count Dracula. <laughs> that's just that's so we have a an ongoing thing which it's like a joke but like if ron you know if there's any one person no, 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 that ron no no, no. no. That, that's not that, that's not nice if any, ron could have his pick of anybody in hollywood to have a little fling with his pick would be jason statham because that's his favorite he thinks he's so sexy so if well, he was you know, there, jason took his shirt off he would love that no i would immerse himself into the dracula role so yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm not Maybe you can suck his blood. Like he'll be like no, the, no, the let's not get killed. Let's not get dirty, fellas. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that kind of gay guy. I'm a very conservative. No, we are very conservative. Very, yes. I'm a very conservative. Uh, I, I I never impose my homosexuality on anybody. Listen, later. What are you doing, honey? <laughs> <laughs> are you hung? Are you hung, baby? Are you hung? <laughs> So actually, so you did stunt work on Fantastic Four, I think, because we're friends with Doug Jones. I think he's the Silver Surfer in that. Do you know yeah, Doug Jones? Doug is cool. Don't remember Doug Jones. I was on um, one of the fans. I can't see it, it, They all bleed into one. I can't. I, I know that I was in the uh, you know the London uh, the, the 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 capsule, the bubble of the big Ferris wheel. Uh huh. And, and the Silver Surfer was flying all around us, and we were getting jostled back and forth. And then I did some driving on another one of the X-Men movies, or the uh, Fantastic Four movies. Do you like the superhero movies? Guys? No. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to, if I could do a little quick promotion here. I don't know if you guys have heard about this new documentary that just came out called Jurassic Punk. Yes, I have heard of it. Yes. It's about Steve Spaz Williams, who's sort of spearheaded CGI in films, which he and I both hate today. In answer to your question about superhero films, they're all fun, but the end is always a big, gigantic, computerized uh, pyrotechnics, and it just all looks the same, and it looks like cartoons to me. So uh, I liked my superhero comics, but I don't watch the movies, no. Okay. I think the superhero movies are uh, geared towards kids, and I like it because it teaches kids that good overrules bad. Well, I, I'm okay. Yeah. I, like that message. I like that message. Yeah. They wanted me to play Superman, but they saw me naked and they said, you're way too bigly built. Yes. <laughs> you, have to, you have to lose weight and get rid of muscles. They wanted you to play the human tripod, I heard. <laughs> what is he said they wanted you to play the human tripod. I thought, so. I thought you said that, <laughs> you son of a bitch. So what is it? Let's say you got, got the gay theme going. I thought I'd stay with it. Yeah. So let's ask you a question. So, like, let's say because uh, you've worked with in so many. I mean, because you're uh, like a lot of the movies you've done. They're like they've like done a hundred million dollars. I mean, they're like huge movies. So, oh wait, I want to answer the question first. You did Flash Gordon. That wasn't the Sam Jones one, was it? No, that was the other guy I thought did Flash Gordon. Who, who, who was your Flash Gordon? Oh, no, he did the TV show. No, he did the TV series. Yeah, who was, was it that played Flash? No, it wasn't. It, was, it came out in 2012. We just had Sam Jones on our show last week. The Flash Gordon. Who was Flash Gordon. So. The Flash Gordon movie, Sam Jones. See, I don't remember that at all. You don't remember being on Flash Gordon? He was on three episodes. Was I? On Flash Gordon? Well, that's what IMDb says. But it was oh, a hang on a second. It's a TV series. It's a TV Flash, series. yes, yes. I don't know what the actor's name, but Sam Jones sounds familiar, but um, 
No, it wasn't Sam Jones, though. For no, your Sam Flash Jones Gordon. was in the original Flash. In Gordon. the 80s. Buster Crabbe was in the 30s, 1930s, and, and Sam Jones was in the 80s. I'll tell you who Flash Gordon was. Hang who on. was Flash Gordon in the, on the TV it, show? It only did one series, and it, it bombed. It bombed. Well, yeah. sure it bombed, because you didn't have a good Flash Gordon. It was... um. All of this all of this gay talk. I thought you guys were talking about Flash Gordon. Flash I asked Sam about that, and he said they did it as a joke on the set. And somebody picked it up and went public with it and made it never what there was no such movie. It, it was a joke among the actors on the set, and it went public. Too so funny. everybody was looking. Where, where is? Where are we going to see Sam? You know, Sam Jones naked. You see him in Playboy, and let me tell you something. He's well endowed. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in Playboy. So well, all of the women were, no, all of the women, were, <laughs> the women were tuning into our show like crazy. So I gave the women some advice. I said, change the batteries in your vibrator before <laughs> Sam Jones comes on. Make sure your so batteries. Flash are Gordon was Eric Johnson. The name of the show was Flash Gordon: A Modern Space Opera. And flat and Eric Johnson was Flash Gordon, who I don't know who he is. Who the hell is Eric Johnson? There was There was twenty one episodes of it. Who was Eric Johnson? That's who played Flash Gordon. Is Johnson really his last name, or is that just uh, code or something? Oh, I don't know. That's what it says, Eric Johnson. He's probably a, a new actor. I, I don't All know. right, let's get back to the show. We have dead air here. You know what dead air is? No, we don't have any dead air. We're I okay. hate dead air. So tell me, what's, hate- what's your love like? Do you get laid for Valentine's? Oh, kid, you know what? It, Ron, you asked, and I'm going to tell you the truth. Last time I I got laid was at a uh, Mr. Hush convention, and that was like five or six years ago. Oh, and bullshit. Prior to that was like four years. Like the past decade, it's been a little slow. I've been on disability since September of 09, and for some reason the lineup just kind of dwindled after I became a broke and broken obese you know what i don't i think how old are you wait i think you're crazy i ladies in the chat room i'm asking chat room women would you have sex with him isn't he still sexy and butch and handsome she wants to know what you did on jennifer's body yeah there's women (laughs) in the chat room that'll fuck you listen give him your phone number girls (laughs) i'm 62 jimmy okay 62 so we're close i'm 58 you're still uh, a handsome guy. Are you kidding? You're very manly. Women like that shit. I sh- I almost shaved for this. Sh- I showered for this show. <laughs> I'm People on disability don't shower every day. I'll tell you what. But, um, I've got you going. I'm actually as soon as we're done, I'm racing out to my hometown, which is about an hour away to uh, where the studio is because I got to do a wardrobe fitting. Because next week, I'm working on a show called. Um, uh, I, I worked on the pilot, and I think this is probably anyway. It's called the Dead Boys, Dead Boys Detective Agency. Oh, cool! I know nothing about it. it um, and the, I think the main, the lead cast of the, most of them are British. You know, the ones we worked with on the pilot. You know, but I don't know anything. Oh about yeah! The and then, wait a minute. Another movie you were in. With, you worked with Arrow. Yes. He's a good friend of ours, John Barrowman. Oh, yeah. The guy who plays the Dark Archer is a good friend of ours. John Barrowman, who plays... Yeah, the, he lives down the street from us. He lives... Yeah, he's a sweetheart. We see him all the time. He's been on our show, John Barrowman. Seems like a nice kid, yeah. Great Actually, guy. he was the... That's our number one show ever. It got 10 million plays, just that one show. He opened the show tongue-kissing a blow-up, woman blow-up doll. 
<laughs> I was going to do that, but it's all <laughs> I mean, we cracked up laughing. There he is rolling his tongue around inside of this female blow-up doll. So let's <laughs> say. Fantastic. Let's say. Well, he's wild. He wears high heels all the time. He runs around in them. He's crazy. He's a lot of fun. Oh, John Barrowman's a lot of fun. He's a, he, and he's good looking and he's a good actor. They want to know what did you do? What did you, what kind of stunts did you what did you do for Jennifer's body? Do you remember that movie? That's with Megan Fox. Jennifer's Whoa. body, I was one of the patrons in a, a bar where the uh the bartender's hair caught on fire. And <laughs> this movie's cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly I I, I remember sitting around a lot, but I can't remember what the actual physical play was. I <laughs> That's just funny. I sat there and gawked at what's her name all, all night long. That's what I did. Because yes, she's hot. Fox. Megan Fox is hot. She's smoking she's, hot. She's hot. All right. So male or here's a hypothetical: male or female actor that you haven't had a chance to do anything with, or maybe you wouldn't want to do it again. But what's a male and female actor that you would like to work with? They could be living or dead. And then, if you how about you come in the camera? Oh, oh, that's yeah, right. You're on television. Okay. You're on TV. Did you know that? Well, yes. Guys, you know, I just I was just thinking about this the other day. I was really always hoping to one day meet Clint Eastwood. There you go. Clint Eastwood. Great actor. It's all my um you see, I'm in the stunt group up here called Stunts Canada, and we have a uh a, a dozen or so members that are in the province next door where they shot Unforgiven. So all my Albertan friends were on set. The the founder of our Stunts Canada, God bless him, Alex Green, who's now gone, but he was um he was a a, a a master master a whip master and a gun guy, and he and Clint were spinning guns together, and they just hung out. and He got to spend all this time with Clint. And my ex fiance, she met Clint when he was here visiting one of his the Francis Francis somebody's wife, but I never got to meet him. And I just um, yeah, he's the guy that I would still like to meet. Did Did you ever meet Burt Reynolds? Because he was a stunt guy. I was ten feet away from Burt Reynolds at a, a at a charity function we did up here, but the guy that ran the thing was kind of hogging Burt. So we got to see Burt talk to us all and this and that, but meet him no. But um, I really wish I still kicked myself that I didn't ask Danny if I could sort of. But you know, if you let one person come up and shake his head, everyone's gonna want to do it. But anyway, yeah, but you know, I was good friends with Burt for years. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Jimmy also. Hey, Jimmy's Jimmy's uh, parents. Uh, what did your father do? My dad worked for Delta Airlines, so he right. did a lot of travel stuff for Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds' brother was my high school football coach. Right. No kidding. But yeah. Burt was a, a regular guy. Yeah. If you, if you would have said, I want to meet you, he would have been so charming. And he never would snub you or be a prick. He was he was a regular Joe. I watched that I Am Burt Reynolds documentary. Every, it's played over and over and over up here. And I watch it every chance I get. And... um I always admired how much he respected stunt people, but you know, talking to um, Stan Pet Stan Barrett was Paul Newman's stunt double forever, and we worked on a thing up here called the Sea Wolf with Charles Bronson. But Stan Barrett all went one night, and he was telling us that the one guy in Hollywood that really looked after his stunt double was Clint Eastwood. Oh, there you Bernie, go. Bernie Van Horn did all his second directing and then directed one or two of his movies. So yeah. Burt Reynolds respect Burt Reynolds was old Southern school. So yeah. he had that respect thing. And he yeah. used to say, I respect every movie star I work with after I fucked them. 
<laughs> I was you. I made that up. Bert never said that. <laughs> but you know what? Bert would have said something like that because he made it with. I mean, every woman he worked with, they went to bed with him, and a few of guys, all, and a few guys too. So and I, I would have too. Yeah, but Bert, Bert, no, I love Bert. I I miss him. Uh, I, I last time I saw him was in. What did the last time I saw him? Maybe Florida. I don't know, I but I want to ask a question. So, do you living in Canada? Do you know Steve Basic? Oh, very well. Okay, he's a good friend I, of mine. Uh, I doubled, I doubled Steve way, way back when. Steve's a great guy, good actor. Good actor. I haven't seen him in years. I hope he's well. If you see him, tell him I said hi. But um, we we talk on the phone like like every couple of like every two weeks or so, and we're on social media together. And he was on our show. I don't know, maybe six months ago. Yep. I'm trying to like work on some financing for some of the films that he's working on and stuff. So he's just a good guy. He's a great uh, guy. Yeah. And if uh, ever Jimmy needs a stunt guy, he's got to call you because you're fun. You've been you'd be fun on a set. <laughs> Not like some I'm of them. Little, but... I'm a little overweight and out of shape right now, guys. When the pandemic came, I just was in a, already in a funk. And for like the two years there, I just tried to drink and eat my boredom and, and depression away. And I gained like, well, I gained well, over 100 pounds. Get rid of it. I yeah, just well, that's what the doctor was telling me. I better smarten up. You're not a kid. Anymore. You're going to kill over. Listen, listen, listen to the preacher. I just lost 34 pounds. And all I did was cut out sugar and processed food. I I eat Dave's bread, which is the best. I eat everything that's healthy and good. The weight just fell right off. No bullshit. It just comes off. It's that bread and starch and white flour that makes us fat. Cake. I lost thirty six. I lost thirty six pounds primarily from stopping soda because I drank a lot of soda. So I stopped soda and like cookies and cake at night. And I, so you don't have to go on one of these wacko diets that you suffer from. Just cut the shit out in your food. Guys, what did, what did you do initially about the cravings? I have, I still have them. I masturbate. <laughs> I like this guy. I, you know what? Yeah. No, serious. serious. Right. No, really. I still, I mean, at night after I eat a wonderful, I'll have pork chops with broccoli and salad and water. And I'm so happy. And then the, Where's the chocolate? Where's the cake? Where, I'm Italian. We have always, Italians always eat dessert. Where's the pasta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I eat pasta. That's the only We eat smaller, though. Instead I eat of eating one big cup. bowls, now we just eat a cup. I do one cup of pasta a week because I can't live without it. I die. You know, it's my penicillin. <laughs> no, really. No, really. I have a friend in Brooklyn. She's very clean, but somehow bed bugs went into her house. No, really. That's not good. Wait, and she was going crazy. So she went to the doctor because she had all bumps on her body like pizzas. And nobody knew what it was. They said it was lupus. It was this. It was that. What it was was she came home, put her luggage on the sofa. The bed bugs went into the, the roping on the sofa. And so she would watch TV at night and get bitten by the bed bugs and get these big pizzas. So the doctor said to her, you have to cut out all red sauce, no tomatoes. And she looked at him and she said, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I'm Italian, she said, give up tomato sauce, you're out of your mind. And she walked out of the office. I feel the same way. <clears throat> he doesn't give it up, but he eats a lot less. And, and you know what, you should do whatever they're telling you just because you wanna be healthier as you're getting older and we don't want you to disappear. Listen, yeah, you know what? My karate instructor, the guy that got me into the film industry, 
he uh he got very overweight uh, years ago and uh, i don't we don't i never did find exactly what killed him but uh he horrendously overweight horrendously out of shape um and he and he just killed over one april 19 2015 i, I, I miss him every, every day they say you're carrying the and the guy a bit too far brad so anyway yeah so. yesterday this is a truth this is no bullshit. yesterday we went to my heart doctor all right jimmy comes with me because i don't know what the fuck they're talking about he has to listen then he tells me on the way home what the doctor said you think i know my hemoglobin with my AR3As and my 727s and my OV. What the hell are you talking oh, yeah, about? You got a minute. I don't have ovaries. Anyway, since I lost my weight, everything is gone. My cholesterol 50% down. He said, you are so healthy and your heart is so beating. He said, it's amazing what you've done in one year with yourself. I went from a wreck to a healthy guy. Listen to me, please. You're a sweetheart. We don't want to lose you. Do that. Fuck the dessert. You know, the mirror is more important than the dessert. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I want to see you. Nothing tastes as good as lean feels. They say you're gonna yeah. come, you're gonna come back on our show six months from now, skinny. If not, I make a call to Brooklyn. Two guys get you. They break your yeah. legs on a curb. Break your legs. And you can't eat. And then you don't worry. You're being a wheelchair. Uncle Ron, you're the mentor I've been waiting to meet. <laughs> You'd be in a wheelchair forever, and that's it. So, you guys, this is Vlad Reed. You don't really do in, you don't do social media, right? I didn't really see you anywhere. I I, I play around on uh, fuckface every once in a while, but no, I don't. <laughs> it's just too much. I don't know what I'm. I don't know how it works. I I'm lucky if I remember I parked my car. I got punched in the head. Holy <laughs> <laughs> acid. Anyway, so, you guys, this is Brad, Brad, Brad Lurie. Check out all his films. Check out Mr. Hush. We want to thank you. Go. I know you got to go to you're terrific. Thank I have you, you so on much. again. You are a cool guy. God bless. Let me know. When you, you have are, something to promote, let me know. We'll bring you back. You are wonderful. Jimmy, I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. Uh, all right. Bye-bye. Drive ter careful. You're terrific, Brad. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Everybody in the chat room, thanks so much. Hope you guys are doing well. We had a great show today. Good Hope show. you guys enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys next week. Next Bye. week. Stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay wise. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix, it's another episode Here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude Chat room is live and you would be a fool Not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell So come watch it live on W4CY Radio Miss some past episodes, download on iTunes The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell Oh.